I'm so delighted to be able to speak to you today, having been invited by my wonderful friends Mark and Meg, and uh, it's so great to be with you. We were part of their little journey of coming to you. Uh, we happened to meet up with them some time ago when they were praying about uh, the possibility of moving. And I know that you'll be so thrilled that they said yes to God and that call upon their lives. And I really wanna to talk to you today in your What Comes Next series about, um, about that idea of what we're called to. And uh, so what comes next is you. It's you stepping into being. The, the person God called you to be and together collectively to be God's people that he's calling us to be in this time. We've, we're living in these crazy times when um, everything that we thought was normal has suddenly been shaken up and, and thrown out. And of course that's affected the church in the same way as it's affected the business world and the world of arts and entertainment and uh, family and oh, education. Everything's been changed. And, it's, and really, for us as a church, we have to think, what are the changes that have been made? And, and what, do we, what needs to stay changed? What is it that the, the old way that we used to do it wasn't working anyway, and actually we, now is an opportunity for us to let go of that. And what are the new things that we've done in this season that actually we need to make sure we keep on doing, that we don't just say, oh, that was just to get us through that uh, pandemic time into whatever the new future is. But actually that's something that we've rediscovered. It's so important for us to not just to do as a church, but to be as a church, to be those kind of people. Um, and, and how we relate to the world and how we relate to our neighbours, etc. So, um, what, what is church when we think about church? You remember uh, what was the time when Jesus went to a place called Caesarea Philippi. This would have been like the, the, the worst place for young Jewish boys like Jesus' disciples to be taken to. It was, it was like this, uh, it was the seedy part of the empire, if you like, where there was worship of other gods. There was all kinds of uh, sex gods that were worshipped there. Uh, it, was, it was a place known for its debauchery. So why would Jesus bring them there where there all this pantheon of the gods that were being worshipped? Jesus said to them, well, who do you? say that I am? Who do people say I am and who do you say that I am? And famously, Peter said to him, I say you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It's like he had this aha moment. I know who you are. And then and Jesus said to him, Peter, you're a rock. And, and on this rock, of that, what you just said, that revelation you just had, you didn't just get that. It came from my father. Um, I'm going to build my church on this. I'm going to build my ecclesia on this is actually what he said. See, later on we took the word uh, and it was retranslated and there was a bit of German added in there to make this word church. And we took that and made it about buildings that we meet in. But actually in those days, ecclesia, first of all, the Greeks talked about it as being like a gathering together uh, for, of civic responsibility to give some people a job but the Romans took it and they actually made it into even more of a militarized term that when they went into a into a new uh, nation and, and overtook the job there was to make that place like Rome to Romanize it and you would get an ecclesia in place a gathering of citizens to make this place like Rome so that's why you look across Britain now and you're going to still find, yes, some Roman ruins, but you're going to find these straight Roman roads because they were trying to make this place, Britain, like Rome. And in the same way, Jesus turns to Peter and he said, 
I'm going to gather my ecclesia, my gathering together of my citizens of heaven, and that they're going to come and heavenize this earth. And so he says, on this ecclesia, on this gathering, this is the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against this. It's like the, the, the things that are holding people back, the things of darkness, the hellish things in this world that keep people trapped. The ecclesia, the church, is meant to smash those things down and to set people free. So that's what's next is, is God's people, I believe in these days, are rising up and they're saying, you know what? I used to go to church, now I don't go to church because it's not just about whether or not I go to church in terms of a building, but the church that I'm part of isn't about me necessarily having to go in and go out and put my money on the plate and leave. I'm part of something more exciting, more wonderful than that. I'm part of this, this movement of God that is smashing down everything that's holding people back and in bondage and darkness. And in the name of Jesus, seeing people set free. That's what we're called to be part of. I mean, that's what got me excited as a police officer uh, years ago when, when I heard about Christianity and discovered that that was what it was about. I was like, oh man, I thought church was meant to be boring. I thought church was this place that you just came in, you, you listened to somebody up the front, you went out and that was it. When I discovered that this is meant to be an adventure, you know, at the time I was a plain clothes police officer. They used to, we, we had one of the best jobs ever was to hold on to this thing. We called it the donger, this great big metal battering ram. You've probably seen them on the telly. And to smash those gates down and to be able to go into those dark places. That was awesome. But Jesus says that's what the church is meant to be. This battering ram to set people free right where you are. We're called to be part of that so that people get to go free. And I think that more than anything in these days, perhaps God has been allowing some things to happen that have been, that, that in order that we'd think differently, not just about what, what church is, but what's our part in that. Ephesians chapter 4 um, describes the body of Christ, of, of what it looks like God's way. You know, I don't know if you're the kind of church, I hope you are, that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but this describes the gifts of Jesus Christ, the gifts that, that he gave to the church so that the church looks like him when it's coming so that people see your church coming and they don't just see you they actually see us and they see Jesus coming the body of Christ with him as the head and it says this uh, this is the gifts of Jesus because it says it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare or equip God's people for works of ministry or service. See, this isn't about there being a minister. I was to say, I'm excited that Mark and Meg came with their family to be part of you. And you could say, oh, we got a new minister. Guess what? We're all meant to be ministers. Mark's job, Meg's job, everybody who's a leader in your church, their job is not to be the leader so much as to equip you, the saints, for these works of service. And some people are going to be more apostolic in that. There's people in that church who are like forward thinking, hey, why don't we try this? Why don't we give that a go? Who are going to be, they're always going to be thinking about new territory and how we grab hold of that. Some of you are going to be prophets. Perhaps they're just 
in the worship at this point or whatever, but actually is to voice what God's saying and what, what we're hearing from God right now and they need to be released too. Some people are natural evangelists, maybe they're better with words at helping people or you could be that kind of person who invites others along so that when you're putting something on at church, I bet you they're those people, maybe you could look at them now in the church who, who are like, they always bring a few that, to, to hear the good news along and that's being an evangelist too. Some of you are real shepherds, you've got that shepherd heart, you care about people so much, you, your heart breaks for the broken and, and you're the first to, to go to somebody who's, who's in tears and to listen and to empathise and to care for them, you've got that shepherd heart. Some of you are teachers, you love the word of God, you want to find ways to make it applicable in people's lives and, um, and all of these things are necessary but not in and of themselves. The idea is that everybody tells everybody and equips other people too. So don't just tell me you're a Bible teacher. Who are you teaching to teach the Bible? Don't just tell me you're pastoral. Who are you equipping? Who are you raising up to be able to go and, and so that they can care for other people too? Every one of these things isn't an end in itself or, a, God forbid, a title. Ooh, look at me. I'm a shepherd. I'm a... I'm, a, I'm the prophet in the church. Like, no, it, it's, it's not meant to be a person. It's meant to be a function of the body. And then it goes on and it says, how long will this carry on? It says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We're not there yet, so we've got to keep on growing as this. And then later on it talks about ligaments. You know, some people in your church, you'll just stick everything together and help it all to function and to work, and that's your purpose. Maybe you're like an administrative serving role in those ways. They're so vital. Thank God for those hidden parts that make such a difference. See, this is the, what's next for the church. I've got a picture of it just recently. It was, um, we have this in my house, and uh, it's, it's a Christian thing because it's a fish, but actually, it's a, it's obviously, it's a corkscrew. And to be honest with you, we don't hardly use it anymore. So very rarely now do we get this out and do anything with it. And some people in the church, I think, can feel a bit like that. It's a bit like, well, I'm made in, for this particular function, but nobody ever asks me. I don't really get used very much. Maybe that's how you feel. Um, and, and you could think, well, I don't know what my gift is. I believe what's next is a season when God is going to help us to know that your, your gift is to be part of something bigger, part of the body, and to be able to be useful alongside other people. That's part of this picture of the APES thing, because um, I've got this um, as well, I've got this Swiss army knife, and it's got um, obviously a sharp little knife and a thing for opening um, bottles with, it's got something that fishermen use I think I don't even know what that's for it's got a, it's got a toothpick on it it's got all these the, the things but and even on there guess what there's a corkscrew and it's part of this bigger picture and as you belong as you as we belong together and as we bring our gifts together the way God made you the person God made you as you get connected in together with the others in the church you're going to find yourself being used by him more and more in this season and God's bringing people who've been put on the shelf a little bit and he's saying, now I want to use you again. And, and it all starts when we pray this prayer. God, if you can use me, you can use anybody. So please do. It's a dangerous prayer. I guarantee he'll answer it. If you offer yourself back to God today and say, I don't, I don't want to just be some separate 
person on my own. I want to be plugged in. I want to play my part as part of this body. I want to give all of me back to you. He'll say yes to that and he will use you in extraordinary ways, connected together with others to be able to make it such a difference in your life and through your life. So why don't you pray with me now? Pray for the grace of God, the empowering presence of the Lord right there with you, wherever you are. Open up your hands, open up your life to him right now and say, Lord, please use me. If you can use anybody, you can use me. I offer myself back to you. I want to be part of what you're doing in the world right now. The world needs your life and your light and your hope. So I'm offering myself back to you. I'm not much, but with you, there's so much you can do through a willing heart. So I don't feel very able, but I make myself available to you. Lord, would you do in me whatever you need to do so that you can do through me everything that you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen.